0: Books recently celebrated World Book Day and Earth Day with a campaign called grow their minds with the aim to help grow the love of reading they donated many libraries to schools around South Africa and their aim was to nourish minds in communities today to continue in the spirit of that campaign we welcome you to a special edition of book choice publishers choice called read it today's show is hosted by Mark Faulkner a teacher who is passionate about literacy, and he joins us to interview and collaborate with learners from Gardens Commercial High and Rustenburg Girls High. They'll talk about books and reading and the way books help us make sense of the world. Massive thanks to our sponsors for today's show. Exclusive books, Jonathan Ball Publishers, Pan Macmillan, and Penguin Random House. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to Read It, a fine music radio series where we explore why we read, why stories are important, and how reading is a superpower. We're going to chat about what does reading do for one, how do we develop a habit for reading, the importance of language in human development, how literature works and how literature is different from other ways of articulating ideas, the importance of narrative and of telling stories, how literature helps us to develop critical thought, reading habits and how they've changed, especially after the dreaded COVID and quotes from books that have transformed and changed our world. I'm Mark Falconer and and joining us on the studio are learners from Gardens Commercial High School and Rustenburg Girls High School and I'm going to ask each young person to give their names and say hello.
2: Uh, My name is Ashton I'm from Gardens Commercial High School.
3: My name is Kayla Sherry and I'm from Rustenburg Girls High School. My name is Freya Kool and I'm from Rustenburg Girls High School.
4: My name's Kella
5: Charles, and I'm from Rustenburg Girls High School. My name's Sadiq Khalant and
6: I'm from Gardens Commercial High School.
5: My name's
7: Taylor Pan and I'm from Gardens Commercial High School.
6: My name is Wangisani Mputalinga and I'm from Gardens Commercial High School. My name is Martina Mdilo
8: and I'm from Rustenburg Girls High School.
1: Right, welcome everyone and uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get started. Um, um, we're going to start off with a very general question. And the question is, why do you read? What is important for reading and why do you choose reading uh, i read because it's informative and helps me change my perspective on the world
9: um i read because i want to um, escape reality and um into a world that is like fictional and fantasy and it only exists in my dreams and imagination
4: when i read i aim to like get lost in a book and not be able to like hear the outside world so yeah
3: i read so that i can form um, relationships with the characters within the book, and it helps me. I can follow their story, and I feel like I'm with in the story with them.
1: That's really fascinating. you All of you speak about reading as entering a different world. Maybe you could think about how reading changes the world that we that we all live that we share. Are there any things that you can see that reading has helped you to see our world in a different way?
9: Uh, it definitely helps me understand people a bit more because when I read books, I read about people's experiences and what they've been through and it helps me understand and communicate and be empathetic towards um, people and I don't judge people too quickly and I'm more understanding of their experiences and what they've been through.
1: Beautiful. Thanks for that.
2: Uh, reading helps me understand people and how people behave in social situations and helps me to be able to interpret how people behave and, um, how you can expect someone to behave in a situation and how to persuade other people to do what you want them to do.
1: Thank you, Ashley.
3: Uh, some books open my eyes to the harshness of the world and, um, the difficulties that people face. Um, and sometimes it's quite harsh and it can be quite unsettling, but it's good. It opens your eyes and... You can understand.
1: Well, those are really beautiful responses. And what is coming through is um, how reading helps to develop a sense of empathy. But before we continue talking about how reading has a huge impact on our cognitive ability, we have someone in the studio who's also a reader. And it shows because he's a multitasking sound engineer and a music guru. Mzu Maketa, thank you. Here's our first track. Let's sit right up and listen.
10: was first Waller. i'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter if you think about it with emails we've come full circle and return to letter writing but let's hear more about the power of reading and writing and what the research shows so the research a lot of research that has um, come through particularly in the last little
1: while after brain imaging developments is that reading has a huge impact on our cognitive abilities have you noticed how reading has changed or uh, helped you to become more academically able? Do you think you're cleverer because you read?
9: <laughs> Sometimes.
1: Uh reading
2: in- helped me to increase my vocabulary and now I can speak a bit more proficient than I used to when I was
11: younger.
4: I think <laughs> I think when writing like essays, reading definitely helped me like be able to get my point across so
9: also like develop a structure and how to set everything out and um, how to get people to hear you and uh, understand what you're trying to say as well
3: Um, when you read different styles of writing you learn those styles unconsciously and you learn those styles and of writing um, and then use those techniques in your own writing and in speaking as well
1: so we've spoken a lot about how reading allows you to understand people differently and understand situations differently. Do you think that your critical thinking abilities are developed because of reading? We're going to talk a little bit later, we're going to talk about the importance of stories, but do you think it's important that we can be critical about reading stories and being discriminating about what story sounds authentic and what story sounds inauthentic? And i'm talking now about the millions and millions of bits of information that come to us all the time every single day in the news in adverts in blogs on on instagram on facebook every single thing that we see we are discriminating what resonates for us as being true and what seems not to be true do you think reading helps to develop that
9: definitely
12: (laughs) (laughs)
1: let's talk a little bit about how reading develops critical thinking
9: well I think reading is a very powerful tool and once you've mastered it you can establish and understand so many different things and you can see so many people like people's opinions and their stories and their background and what they've been through and you can use that to connect with people so I think reading is an extremely powerful tool that everybody should have
2: the more you read the more you're you're able to understand certain situations the more you read your mental and your IQ levels your intelligence will increase and you're able to understand and break down
1: situations break down stories, break down texts. Beautiful Ashley, beautiful. Mm. Think about the stories that we told, the advertising stories, the stories that we hear from politicians, the stories that we read in newspapers, on the news. Do you think your training in reading, the experience that you've had in reading, do you think that allows you to make sense of those stories in a better way?
4: I think it can definitely help you be more critical of the media and identifying what might be misinformation and what might be true.
1: Excellent. That's some really, really good, really good answers. Let's <laughs> let's go on to talk a little bit about um, language and how language is important. So, obviously, literature is a particular kind of language, language that is, I suppose, crystallized, is thought through, and is um, in some way controlled. But let's think about how important language is in human development, and particularly how stories are important. So, we were we were talking about seventy or one hundred thousand years ago. Human development, something happened in the sto- a human story that allowed us as human beings to suddenly jump forward. And for many paleontologists or anthropologists, that was the development of language, that we were able to communicate, not just communicate in the sense that we were able to say, uh, give geographical positions or talk about, uh, you know, talk about where the woolly mammoths were, but we were able to transfer information we were able to give for the next generations we were able to talk about important things we were able to talk about theory we were able to talk about tenses we were able to give place and space and probably that was the most important thing that has happened in our human story we sometimes forget how important language is and literature is a part of that story but maybe before we start talking specifically about literature you could say why language is important why words are important to you, and why it's important that you are able to say something to help you to think it through. But while we think about this next question, let's have some more music. Don't you just love this literacy theme?
12: I can hear a mandolino
13: Ride to me from Naples. Ride more than words can say call me My heart with you. I can hear a mandolino softly sighs while I raise a glass of vino, praising your eyes. Since we said that my poor heart cries letter from you right.
10: been listening to Dean Martin. Write to me from Naples. We're talking about writing and reading, not from Naples, but right here in Cape Town at Fine Music Radio. Thanks, Mzu. And the song
1: has a common but interesting line, more than words can say. And I wonder, are there times when words can't express how we feel? We're talking about the importance of words, language, stories, why words are so important. And whether it's poetry, fiction, whatever the genre, the commonality is storytelling. So why are words important to you?
6: Words are important to me because it helps me tell my story—not just my story, but I'll be able to tell my story and express my experiences. Not only to not only to express them, but to validate them for myself. So language is important to communicate with others, so that others are aware of past experiences. Um, for me, like
5: when you were saying, like it's important to get like to communicate. So. I'm imagining myself in another country, maybe like France or something, not being able to speak to somebody else to give me directions on where to go. So where language comes in, like being able to get your point across and being able to say like, this is how I feel and I want you to maybe change this or do this better. At school they would ask us about teaching methods and how we do we understand it if they do it this way and you need language and you need to be able to communicate and get your point across in order to learn better from others
1: beautiful that is a profound point I mean just from a practical point of view if you can't say where you are and what you need if you feel like you're less than human
5: I mean you could take that into anything in any relationship that you go into whether it's a friendship or intimate relationship or like a professional relationship. When you get interviewed at the job, you're communicating and maybe sometimes they ask like what are your expectations for a salary, you need to be able to communicate and get your point across. So otherwise you don't get paid. And then you would say like into a friendship you need to communicate that maybe loyalty you want that when you go into a friendship. Otherwise if you can't communicate and say like this is how I feel about this and then it's not going to happen. She's my best friend. So we have to communicate a lot in order to get our point across. <laughs> that's such a
1: beautiful point that you made. There's that book, The Languages of Love. Have you come across this book? Your parents no. may have. That we all have different ways of expressing or wanting the
5: five, languages.
1: The five, five love languages. I think that's mm, what we're talking about. Oh, yeah.
5: the love languages.
12: And that
1: some people want time, some people want gifts, some people want uh, to be listened to, uh, some people want physical touch, some yeah, all, yeah. all sorts of things. So that's a, that's a really, really well-made point. If we can understand what the other person wants and what we want, it really helps for us to develop a, a much more healthy relationship
5: Better. with
1: ourselves and with other people.
5: Especially in the generation that we live in.
1: Say a little bit more about that. Why is this generation doing um, different from previous generations? We
5: communication, and I'm sure everyone here is on TikTok, Everyone's on TikTok, so you guys know that toxicity is glamorized in our generation. It seemed as a form of love. For me, I need to communicate and say, I don't like this. Don't do that again. So if you can't do that, then the person's constantly going to do it
1: again. What do you mean toxicity is glamorized? That's an interesting concept. um, Say something. Give an example.
5: There's a show, Euphoria. Our generation learns a lot from shows. There's a show, Euphoria. There's... Outer Banks, lots of different series that are like Eid Now and whatever. And Euphoria is one of the shows. The title is ironic because the children aren't happy. They grow up in homes where like they go through different traumas. So the toxicities, like the relationships in the, are glamorized today. You know, like meet the older guy, be with that older guy, or if a guy abusing you, stay with him. He actually loves you something like that Mm
1: -hmm. and that's what Mm -hmm. we love
5: being today. So kind of
1: normalizing unhealthy relationships. That's very interesting. We're speaking particularly about literacy and of course you are all readers, but one of the questions that I would like to explore is the difference between other art forms, particularly you've spoken about shows, about how TV or, or movies communicate and how that is different from literature. How is literature different from TV shows? or movies
7: you mean books
1: yeah difference? literature so whether whether it's whether it's um, it could be a short story it could be uh, you know it could be I suppose it could be a poem mm. um, but some some literary text where you're reading as opposed to to watching it or having you know having the the stimulation of a different kind of articulation
7: i mean books they go more in detail with certain scenarios where as a movie you can see the images but when you read in a book you create your own image while as a movie they create it for you so yeah
1: so you're saying that a TV show actually allows you to you, you don't have to work as hard or you don't have yeah. to be as imaginative
7: yeah. Whereas as a book you can create your own image yes. use your own ideas yes. Yes.
8: I feel as though with literature it allows you to create your own sense of understanding of what you're reading or what you're viewing whereas with a movie they shape what they want you to see or what they want you to understand about a certain story and especially with the current era in which we're in this is essentially the age of distraction where we would rather prioritize viewing something in order to like stimulate our mind rather than reading and understanding and creating a safe and comforting space through reading
1: yeah i think that's a, that you, you the, the point that you made is an absolutely excellent point that reading i mean i think we i think everyone here is going to agree that reading provides a kind of stimulation that is that you find wonderful that you find um helps you cognitively it helps you develop a sense of empathy it helps your critical thought some of the things that we've spoken about but for that to happen, there needs to be a certain amount of work. You ha- you know you have to invest yourself mm-hmm. in it. You have to invest in the process. Whereas watching a show, you have all of the cues given to you, so you don't have to really work very hard. You know you know what you should be feeling. The music helps you to understand that. The lighting helps you understand that. The acting and expressions help you to understand that. The setting, all of the cues that you are given, mean that you don't means that you don't have to work quite as hard. Let's come back to the idea of of telling stories, how we tell stories and how we understand stories, because all of the stuff that we're speaking about is has got to do with stories, uh, whether it's a, a show, a TV show, or whether it's a TikTok uh, story or whether it's an Instagram story. I'm mean, interesting that it is called a story. All of them are, are providing a narrative. Why is it important that we understand the world as stories?
9: Well, I believe everyone has a story to tell and has something to say, so in the world when people are sharing their stories, we reading helps us understand them and put into perspective what they've been through and whatnot and yeah
2: stories have always been important for uh, since mankind started and being able to Interpret and being able to spread information to other people so that they can understand future generations And I do believe that it's important to be able to distinguish between if a story is true Or if something's just made up by somebody to try to form a sort of Perspective in your head to try to make you believe and try to enforce a perspective. Thanks Ashley.
1: That's really lovely I mean you've all alluded to it But think how important stories are in helping us to understand for example particularly in South Africa, but anywhere in the world race culture religion Gender, disability, a giftedness, grit, determination, overcoming obstacles, all of them we understand in the context of a story and we make sense of it because we see it as a story.
3: I think when someone portrays something through a story, it um, allows you to empathize with that person and connect with them and then you understand them on a different level and then you learn to appreciate their opinions and their point of view, whether that be their culture, their religion or anything else that you mentioned.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk a little bit more specifically about literature and critical thought. So we've spoken a little bit about stories, but think about the stories that are told to us. Let's get a little bit more ambitious in our in our understanding of <laughs> stories. So let's talk about, for example, we've all had the, the COVID experience.
12: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, let's talk about the stories that are told to us by a big farmer. Let's talk about the stories that are told to us by politicians or advertisers. Um, we've heard a little bit about the stories that are told to us by people on social media. How does reading help us to be more discriminating about understanding those stories. I
3: think when um, we are told stories by politicians or especially about COVID, we become very critical because we have, by reading and understanding literature and texts, we learn to critically um, evaluate the situation. And through that, we can use that when there is an opinion of another person to critically evaluate their opinion in relation to yours. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Good. I'm glad you agree. Yeah, like I mean, it does seem that it does seem that reading is something that that the more you do, the better you get at it, and the more sense you're able to make. And that's why it's important that we develop the habit of reading from really early. So let's talk a little bit about your own experience, your early reading experience. How did you become readers?
8: Um,
9: Well, my mom had to bribe me with um, a chocolate to get me to actually read a chapter book. When I was little, I loved chocolate and I still do. (laughs) It's amazing.
1: Who doesn't? (laughs) Exactly.
9: (laughs) And I did read and I was ready to when I was little. But then when my mom wanted me to um, expand that and start reading like not stop reading picture books and start reading chapter books and to really like start understanding what's going on around me. um, I didn't want to because I found it boring. But then she said. I'll give you something that you love in exchange for you to do something that I want you to do, or whatever. And then I just got lost, and I in that book that I read, and um, I completely forgot about the chocolate and everything. And it's it opened my mind, and it made me start so my love for reading.
1: The fact that you forgot about chocolates because you <laughs> enjoyed reading so much—that that there's no bigger no. advert for reading. Yeah. What are the, what are the rest of your experiences with early reading? How, how did you get into reading? How did you become a reader?s
4: Uh, Well, the reason I started really getting into reading was because of the uh, Percy Jackson series, Um, and I read that when I was about ten years old. And after that, I kind of only read Rick Riordan after that. But obviously, after a while, started like expanding what I read. So Rick Riordan really got me into reading
3: when I was um, very young (laughs) my brother and I the only way I could spend time with my brother was if I if he would read to me so I would go into our room and I would pull down all the books off the shelf onto the floor and then I would say come read to me come read to me because I couldn't read yet and we would sit on the floor and we'd go through like all the books and he was still learning to read so he was also learning in the process and that's what kind of got me into reading because I got to spend time with people that I loved.
1: More beautiful. That's a lovely story, Uh, Ashley.
2: I started reading in grade one at my primary school. Part of our early childhood development program was that we had to, our parents had to buy us books, had to buy us a certain book, and we all had to read it out to the teacher. And ever since then, reading just became um, something that got rooted into my mind, and I just started reading from there on.
6: So I got into reading in primary school. It was a, it was compulsory for us to read from grade one up until grade seven so every morning we had a reading period before any lesson so my first book that I read was Matilda by Roald mm. Dahl I enjoyed that but I couldn't quite understand why there were so many pages that's why I moved on to reading poetry so I think from there on that's when I got into reading books.
1: wangasani you said something magical which I want to come back to you mentioned poetry and I'm really interested in poetry and after this next song I want to hear more about your interest in poetry.
13: Someday I'm gonna write the story of my life I'll tell about the night we met And how my heart can forget the way you smiled at me I'd like the world to know the story of my life the moment when your lips met mine And that first exciting time I held <coughs> you close <coughs> to me The sorrow when our love was breaking up The memory of a broken heart And later on the joy of making up Never, never more to part There's one thing left to do before my story's through, I've got to take you for my wife. So the story of my life can start and end with you. Bum, bum, bum. The sorrow and our love was breaking up, the memory of a broken heart. Bum, bum. And later on the joy of making up Never, never more to part There's (laughs) one thing left to do Before my story's through I've got to take you for my wife So the story of my life can start and end And start and end and start and, end with you.
10: and that was Michael Holiday doing Someday I'm Going to Write the Story of My Life. And when you're a reader, your life and the stories you tell become so much more interesting. We were talking about
1: poetry and the particular form of literature that poetry is. Do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy reading poetry? And if so, why is that?
6: So poetry for me, I enjoy poetry simply because it's Shorter than books, not saying I discriminated against books, but my attention span is not that good. <laughs> so there was a competition at my primary school to recite a poem. And so I joined because my teacher said I should. I had no option. And I remember the poem that I had to do was, I think my dad is Dracula. I can't remember who the what the author or the poet you was.
1: remember the
6: poem. I remember the first stanza, so it goes, I think my dad is Dracula. I think my dad is Dracula. I know that might sound insane. But if you listen for a moment and allow me to explain, and then from there I do not remember the rest. But the gist of it was his father worked the graveyard shift, so he would work in the evening, so basically night shift. So every single time he'd think that his father is Dracula because he only comes to life in the evening, so during the day he was sleeping. So ever since I read that poem, I was just obsessed with poems.
1: It sounds like you love the rhythms of the words as well. That, um
6: it creates a song, a song in my head. It also helps with... Schoolwork, so I do a lot of content-based subjects. So as I'm going through the work, I try to create a rhythm so that I can remember it easily. So I guess I got that from poetry with how the stanzas and the words follow each other, they rhyme and sort of create a certain rhythm.
1: Patterns of language, beautiful. That's a a really lovely story, thank you. Any other um, comments that anyone would like to make about poetry, please?
8: When I first came to RGHS, In primary school, we never discussed poetry in in detail, but my English teacher in grade eight and nine was absolutely phenomenal in just dissecting and teaching and exploring poetry and the lyrical language used um, within various poems. So I genuinely grew quite fond of it. and. From then on, I would try and read poetry in my spare time. I'm not as good as others. like I don't do it as much as other people, but I do try. I think I find the the beauty of it very interesting because the language used and the various metaphors in certain poems are just really interesting. And like the way that you can have your own perception of what the poet meant or you can try and create your own idea of what is being said Whereas in a story, for instance, there's like there could be one set idea as to what is being written and what is being meant in the book
1: oh that's a a really very wonderful idea that poetry allows for a different kind of engagement almost every time you you read it, and every person is going to have a different response whereas that isn't necessarily the case with every text let's Let's come back to the the idea of um of stories and important stories when you were young so a lot of you have spoken about some of your early experiences with reading that you read that you were read to or that you used reading as a connection with other people can you remember any books or stories that you remember from when you were first exposed to reading
5: mine was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from when my dad gave me a Kindle because he was like wanted me to read I had to read so I read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for the first time and I fell in love with it. And the rest of Rodolph's books also, they were very, very good. But it's hard to find. Like now, it's hard to find. You don't find it anyway. And after Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I got into, like, I obviously expanded into other books as I got older. But that one really stuck with me.
1: Can you remember why?
5: I think it was because it was a way to connect with my dad because he was always like academics and I wasn't like that in primary school I, I struggled a lot where reading was concerned to uh-huh. comprehend what I read when I like understood what they were talking about in the book about the factory and how Willy Wonka was like so secretive about his recipes and stuff I think when, when I went to my dad and I spoke to him about it and I summarized it for him he was very impressed and after that I was like, okay, I'm going to start reading and do that a lot because seems like he likes that.
1: Hmm. So what has come out in in some of the answers that reading provides a connection between people, that Roald Dahl has definitely been on the top of the list mm-hmm. and that chocolate in various ways, <laughs> either the recipe for chocolate or just having chocolate as a bribe, that works. <laughs> Good.
5: Um, can I say You're something? Yeah, please do. Um, with poetry is concerned, like, I th- I think poetry is a nice way to express yourself. We have a counsellor at our school and sometimes certain people like me to go to the counsellor for various problems. They, they said we need to keep a journal. Mine told me I need to keep a journal. So when I started keeping a journal, that's when I started writing more and I would come to her and tell her like, read, do you think it is okay and whatever. I think it's an amazing way to express yourself. And you can learn a lot about a person, the way they interpret what you write. Like, if you write a sentence down and, like, you give it to certain people to read, they would interpret it in a different way and that's how you know the type of person that they are. That, to me, is how I know. Like, I would give it to someone and she would cry and she would look at it and she would say, this is very good, but she's very emotionally strong. Where somebody else would, like, react and actually cry. We have a friend that actually cried <laughs> in this.
1: That's it's interesting that we all respond to literature in different ways. That we all respond. That words can have such a transporting power for us to, in, when, in, when we're making sense of the world. That the way that we can understand, the way that we can express what it is that's happening around us, can actually change our experience of it.
7: The way Sarika like expresses poetry, she writes also, and I read a poetry so. Reading her poetry really makes me understand my feelings also because sometimes I relate to her stuff and I cried to her stuff before (laughs) because it's so emotional and like powerful the way she expresses her words and her opinions and yeah.
1: Isn't it wonderful when you have that, I'm sure that you've all had it otherwise you wouldn't be here, when you're reading and suddenly something kind of clicks for you that the world suddenly makes sense in a way that it hasn't made sense before, that's Suddenly you can understand what the story means and how the world, another interpretation of the world that you hadn't seen before. It's almost as though you're putting on a pair of of different colored glasses and you're you're taking off some glasses and suddenly you see see a reality that you hadn't seen before. It's a really, really wonderful feeling. So, Dika, you you spoke about your father giving you a Kindle, so that's quite an interesting topic to explore. Do you read hard copies? Do you read Kindles? Audiobooks? And is there a difference for you between the, those different kinds of reading?
3: I personally read physical books. It gives me a more personal connection with the book. I I love the feeling of the book in my hand. Whereas an audio book, you feel almost disconnected with the book. Like it's you're not processing the information the same way. Um, and a Kindle, it's portable and it's wonderful to have a Kindle, but it doesn't give you the same experience as a real book does and like the smell of the pages of the book. Mm. Mm. Um,
1: so the kind of sensual quality of reading is, is connected with how it feels and how it smells.
0: And
9: I think that um, I, I personally don't read on a Kindle because I my brain associates that with technology and like phones and iPads and whatnot. So I feel, and I read and to disconnect from all my like social media and phones and whatnot, I read to just get away. So I think that if I read on a Kindle, it wouldn't be the same experience as reading a, like a physical book. And like Kayla said, with the smell, I smell books and like old books and new books, they all smell delicious. And um, it just, it makes the experience a lot better when reading.
4: I also very much enjoy um, hard copy books more than Kindles or audiobooks because I like the fact that with hard copy books, I actually own that thing as like a physical thing and I can put it on my bookshelf and keep it and like carry it around me and show like a physical Mm -hmm. copy to people instead of just having a Kindle with me because I think I feel disconnected from the book without like having to physically turn the pages. Um, And, like, smell the book like everyone's (laughs) saying. Um, And audiobooks, also, I don't think I'd be able to actually concentrate. Mm. I'd probably fall asleep.
2: (laughs) Uh, Personally, I was surprised by some of your responses about audiobooks because, personally, I'm a big fan of audiobooks. I feel like they've revolutionized the way that people can read and it's quite easy to read audiobooks too honestly speaking, because someone is, someone is reading it to you, and you can listen to it anytime, And whether you're walking to school, whether you're coming from school, whether you're doing dishes, you can listen to it anytime, <laughs> any, other, any other time, and I usually trick some of my family members or friends to read out my notes so that I can study them, because I can easily remember them because they're being said to me.
1: That's a, a beautiful point, actually, that, that for, pe- for people who learn in a particular way, particularly kind of aesthetic learners or, or auditory learners, that reading or listening to an audiobook book allows, allows you to be doing something else, kicking a ball or uh, whatever and, and reading at the same time and the research indicates although I don't know if it's, if it's conclusive but the research, there doesn't seem to be a, a big difference to what happens in your brain when you read words or when you listen it's the same kind of processing the same kind of empathy that's being developed the same kind of critical thinking provided you're engaging in the same way and I'm very much in your camp You know, I want to wash the car I'm listening to an audiobook. and if I'm on the trainer and I'm, I, I, I'm listening to an audiobook. so uh, I, can, I can very much understand your logic there
3: I enjoy audiobooks when I'm in a car, a long car ride. Yes. Um, my family goes on holiday a lot on long road trips, so audiobooks really help me because I can't read in the car, I get very car sick. Yes. So um, having the ability to have an audiobook, it's so much better because I can still escape to the worlds that I that I enjoy and I can explore those worlds but I, I don't have to read, I can just listen.
1: Mm. And if you're ever applying for a passport at Home Affairs <laughs> and you're sitting in that queue, I promise no, no. you, there's nothing in the world that's better than an audiobook.
12: Mm. Mm.
1: So we've spoken a lot about um, we've spoken about w- how we read uh, using Kindles or audiobooks and try to make a little bit of sense of that. Let me ask you a more general question: Is reading a superpower?
9: Most definitely, <laughs> yeah. Because um, reading can get you anywhere. I mean, if you know how to read and you know how to analyze and interpret what you're reading, you can do a whole lot of things. You can yeah, you, know, you can just do a whole lot of things okay. <laughs> with reading.
3: Okay. I think so much of my knowledge um, I have gained from reading. Mm-hmm. And then when you speak to a friend and I'm telling them all these cool things about something that I read about, and then they're like, oh, how did you know that? I'm like, I read. You should read, too. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said that i I want you to tell you a little bit about the the research that's coming out of Stanford university um, and I spoke a little bit earlier about brain imaging, but you may be interested to know that there is no more demanding activity that a human being can do than read and I'm not talking about you know reading a uh, scanning through something or just or just glancing through it. I'm talking about deep critical reading so if you are reading a text that is going to exercise you that more parts of your brain are stimulated than any other human activity, whether that is playing a game of chess, whether it's solving a maths equation, whether it's uh, having, a, having a conversation or doing computer programming, there is nothing that is more stimulating for, for a human being than being able to read because it involves both the psychological parts of your brain, the empathy, as well as the cognitive parts of your brain, as well as developing vocabulary. So what you're saying is absolutely right, that reading is, is central to what we do as, as human beings, as learners, in so many different ways. So I'm glad you said that.
2: Um, reading is a really good superpower In n to have and I would want to be able to read faster also, go through books faster, and, um, and you're able to fully understand and comprehend it. It actually boosts your creativity. So when you're doing something where you might need to be a bit creative and maybe need to generate a scenario, and you've read about certain things, you might know how to generate your own scenarios and stuff.
1: Perfect.
5: Lovely. Um, For me, I'd say yes because a lot of the time when I'm like speaking to people and they would look at you weird and ask you, like, how do you know? And then, like, I say, I read, and then they look at you even more like, who reads anymore? People ask me those questions and I'm just like,
6: I don't know, I'm embarrassed because, like, why don't you read?
1: (laughs) You're embarrassed for them. For them.
6: (laughs) I think reading is definitely my superpower because, in my opinion, being able to say that I read, I take that as an accolade because not a lot of people read anymore. So it's my superpower. It's my little badge of honor. So yay, reading.
7: <laughs> reading is definitely my superpower because when I read, I block out everything that's negative in my mind. You know, it's just something that I like to do on my own. Like when I'm in a crowd or when I'm in a group of people and I have these negative thoughts in my mind, I just take up my book and I read. Or when I'm in class, and I don't want to listen to the teacher. I just (laughs) read. No
1: offense. Yeah, no offense to my teachers. Do you you know what? When when I need to recover from students, I read
7: too.
1: And I don't want to pay any attention. (laughs) Kayla, you spoke um, a little while ago about reading lots of books at the same time, which is a habit that I have as well. And I think it's probably lots of readers have that habit. Um, But what I'm particularly interested in is being able to make connections between texts. Do you find that when you read, you are able to understand connections between things in the world better? And It's a bit of a vague question, so let let me try and make sense of it. When we first start reading, we have picture books, and often there's a connection between the words that we read and the pictures that are presented. Do you think that that's something that has helped you to understand connections between things in the world better?
12: Yes.
1: Please say yes. <laughs> yes.
12: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you don't have to. I'm thinking about how we, how we understand, it's called intertextuality. In other words, you're looking at how texts influence each other. How, for example, um, literature and art and philosophy and politics and Uh, sociology are all linked that one leads to developments in the other that leads to developments in the other Kelly, do you want to say something no yes Uh, so I'm I'm asking how how and if reading allows us to understand connections between stories between texts in the world
3: I think (laughs) when you read um, you learn to understand people um, and you make connections with those people emotionally and when you read a text you see those scenarios in the uh, book that you're reading and then you see those things appear in your life and I know that that's happened to me a lot um, when I've read a text and I discover a new concept and then I start seeing that concept through my life and in the world at the moment.
1: That's a really wonderful answer, Kayla, because what you, what you are allowing us to understand a little bit is that w- when you understand that there's a common story that runs through all, all humanity that whether you are from you know, South America or China or Australia, there's, there's something that l- links us all together. The idea of story, the idea of, of what it is that we need as human beings, we want as human beings, our aspirations, our dreams.
4: I think a lot of the time, books and literature in general might vaguely relate or comment on a topic in the real world and that can change our opinions about certain things and give us perspective and insight into things in the real world that we might not have understood before.
1: Mm. That's really, really beautiful. And so let's come to the last part of, um, of this, co- this really beautiful conversation that we've had about reading. And that is, do you have a quote, where you asked last time to find a quote, that summarizes the role that reading, that literature particular, particularly has played in your life? And maybe you could say say a little bit about this quote, where it comes from and why this is a good quote to express what you think the power of literature is all about.
6: So I'm Wangisani and my quote is, a reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives only one. That kind of just summarizes how I view reading as I can escape my reality and live someone else's reality. So that's what reading means to me. I can travel to different places. For example, if the book I'm reading is about a character in Paris, I might not be in Paris, but because I'm reading it and because the way the author describes the environment, I feel as though I'm also in Paris.
8: I'm Martina Mlilo and the quote that I have is Reading gives us some place to go when we have to stay where we are by Mason Cooley and I think that this quote really reflects on how I personally find reading as a safe and comforting place Um, especially like with all the chaos that happens around me in my daily life I feel as though reading just kind of centers me and grounds me as an individual and allows me to find comfort in something that's been so known to me for so long especially since um i've been reading for so long
7: my name is taylor and my quote is from the perks of being a wildflower so and this will all be story someday and our pictures will be old photographs you'll become someone else's mom and dad but right now these moments are not stories so this quote really resonates with me because we're in grade 11 now and high school's almost finished and i won't be able to laugh and play with my friends in class and after high school just get serious and you have to focus on what life is going to bring you
5: and hi i'm sodika and my quote is from paper towns by john green margot was not a miracle she was not an adventure she was not a fine and precious thing she was a girl this quote resonates with me because last week when we were talking about labels, the way we view people when we don't know them, you know, if you see like a popular girl, you really think she's this and she's that, but you don't know maybe she's also going through something or maybe he's also going through something and when you actually take the time to get to know somebody, you would realise that they go through things too and you develop empathy for that person.
1: If you understand this story, oh beautiful, lovely thank you
4: my name's Kella Charles and my quote is from um, The Beautiful and the Damned by F. Scott Fitzgerald. I don't care about truth, I just I want some happiness. To me, this resonates with me and how I feel about literature because when I read, I don't read nonfiction a lot, I read fiction and obviously, especially with fantasy, not a lot of that is going to be truthful but I don't really care that it's not true. I just care that it gives me some happiness for as long as I'm reading it.
1: That's such, a, I mean, that's a whole different conversation that we could be having, the <laughs> idea of, of fantasy and truth. I mean, what is truth? Is there such a thing as one single truth? And is fantasy less true because it's imaginative? Or is, is there more truth in fantasy because it could be a- applicable in any situation at any time? So, I mean, I think what you're saying is, is a really, really profound point. I'd love to be able to discuss that a little bit
9: more. My name is Freya, and my quote is from the character Albus Dumbledore from Harry Potter, and um, he said, words are, in my not-so-humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic. And I resonate with that because I believe that um, words are very important because they're used every day, they're a part of conversations, and words carry meaning and importance for everyone and they use words to share their experiences and ideas and opinions and that's very important in understanding our world today
1: oh that is st- i have to just say that, that is the most fantastic quote <laughs> that i've heard i mean that, that, and it is it's magic it's it's magic what words do it's magic what language does and how literature works yeah that's the best quote Well done. <laughs>
3: Uh, my name's Kayla, and my quote is from Between the Lines by Jodie Pico and the quote reads, How do you know that you are not part of a book, that someone's not reading your story right now? So this book particularly plays on this um, idea, and it's a very interesting concept to me, and it kind of opened my eyes to how powerful a book can be, and how powerful a story can be to someone else, and the idea that my story might be someone else's book.
1: Yeah. Again, such a beautiful, profound idea that we, that we are all constructs of other people's stories and that everyone else is a construct of our story. We make sense of, of things by using words and yeah. using using narrative.
2: Um, my name is Ashley and my quote is by Stephen King. It says, books are uniquely portable magic. This quote s- speaks about the, the transformative power of literature and how it can transport readers to new worlds and perspectives. It also emphasizes the accessibility of books is they can be taken anyway and have a long-lasting impact
1: on your life. Beautiful, Ashley. It's the same as um, Freya's quote, where you're looking at, at magic, how language and literature and stories are magic. Oh, that was so great. That really was beautiful. It's so wonderful to hear such enthusiasm and such joy in reading, but it does bring to mind why we're doing this podcast, because it is wonderful to talk about books and the joy that reading brings. But it's also important to remember that in South Africa, literacy is also about freedom. It's about learning, about joining a world of ideas and concepts. And that world would not be possible without reading. And in South Africa, we have 80% of 10-year-olds. These are not government statistics. These are international tests that indicate that 80% of 10-year-olds are functionally illiterate, which means they cannot read for meaning. They cannot summarize extract meaning or synthesize and what that means for the socio-economic future of our country is something that is very very worrying so I'm hoping that a podcast such as this not only talks about the joys of reading but the centrality of literacy in South Africa and in young people.
0: You've been listening to a special edition of Book Choice, Publishers' Choice called Read It with the wonderful educator Mark Faulkner. The readers taking part come from Rustenburg Girls High and Gardens Commercial High and this show is being championed by the exclusive book's Grow Their Minds project. Read It was produced by me, Vanessa Levenstein, and engineered by Mzuma Keita and inspired by Mark Faulkner's PhD. A big thanks to our Book Choice and Publishers' Choice editor, page nick for all her support to listen to this again visit fmr.coza podcasts book choice thanks to our wonderful sponsors exclusive books jonathan ball publishers pan macmillan and penguin random house who are all part of the magical world of books
10: thank you and we have the perfect piece to end today's read it discussion we ended with ella Fitzgerald. i could write a book
14: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven I never learned to count a great amount But my busy mind is burning To use what learning I've got I won't waste any time tell them